0: So as the uh momentum of practice continues to build, um, you know very naturally, there's going to be more awareness of different aspects of our experience, you know so in the beginning, we're just trying to land and we might see the kind of chaos of energy in the body and mind, and that's all that's available and As the moments, you know, transpire and the days unfold, the mind settles, we start to uh, have available to the mind more, uh, kind of a more complete or more full sense of what's arising. And if we have ideas as to what belongs in awareness, then when certain aspects of uh, our experience present themselves, we don't appreciate it as actually the awareness is getting stronger. Oh, I'm noticing this now. You know, it's the first time I became aware of the sound of my voice while speaking, which I kind of wish I had never become aware of. (laughs) Maybe that'll change someday. but. It was remarkable that I had been, I'm sure, hearing the sound of my voice for however many years I had been uh, speaking. And then, even into years of practice, it hadn't become uh, something that had, uh, was in a way allowed as a support for my awareness, wasn't understood as something uh, that was there to be known. So then as that became more present, I could then hear, um, internally, motivations to speak, intentions to speak. And then just familiarizing myself more with my personality, how to make that uh, okay to be with. And again, it's so easy once we start watching to become judgmental of what we're watching. And I think Andre used this word of accompanying our experience rather than watching. It's like we're watching, uh, I don't know, watching as if to do something to what, what it is that we're going to see. And yet, that's not our job. If we watch, befriend, allow what is not helpful or serving us naturally we don't feed, or we don't follow as much. And things that are helpful, that feel supportive, those things will naturally grow. And that's the role of wisdom. Right? We see clearly without confusion, we really understand what leads uh, onward, what's supportive to ourselves. So thoughts have a particular power when we're not aware of them. They come in, you know, in images or words internally, a story, story storyline, and oftentimes they're so familiar to our own mind that we don't even realize that it's a thought. It feels as if it's an accurate representation of the world, or of myself, or someone else. And we easily forget that the mind is thinking, and following more what the story is, what the concepts are, than the actual experience. So the experience, the reality of the moment is thought is arising in the present moment. It can be known. It's an activity of mind. And it also has content. It has stories that we can believe or be irritated by. As we become more aware of thoughts, we can also begin to recognize kind of ground in which a thought is arising. Is the thought based in wanting, in judging, in comparing? Is the thought based in kindness or criticism? A tremendous amount of pain, particularly internal, comes from the territory of thoughts, of thinking. I, I believe um, this friend of mine that was studying with Saina U Pandita, uh, he, there she shared that, I think he was giving reflections for a couple of weeks on sila, on morality. And these series of talks, for two weeks, were on the sila of thought. And that, typically, we think of non-harming as actions or speech, and these talks were reflecting on the sila of the thinking mind, and how much harm we cause, both internally and then, of course, through our speech and actions, but based through thoughts, on thoughts that are rooted in defilements. And again, our work is not to really stop any of this from happening, because these, these are very entrenched habits and conditioning and very close to our sense of identity. But to include what it is that we see and to get interested in it, I'm just getting interested how this mind and body is operating, how this personality is conditioned. You know, and it's natural, there'll be judgments that sometimes will arise. Okay, no problem. Then we know that this mind also judges, and can I be okay with that? But as part of the territory of what awareness can receive, can we expand it or allow in more subtle aspects of of the mind and body as the awareness gets momentum and gets going. So, are there any questions or comments around the territory of thoughts? Yes. mental formations and start to see views arising, see views interacting. So I I see three processes going on. Mindfulness, recognizing views, and the third one, which I don't know much about, uh, um, uh, disenchantment and fading away, which I kind of think I see happening. could speak a little bit about that disenchantment uh, fading away how it remains to be We might, maybe we'll dive into this in our afternoon when we have um, a little bit more time. We're going to do questions and answers this afternoon. Um, and I'll, I'll announce that in a second. But just to touch briefly on that, um, and then I'll get I'll have a chance to consider it more deeply. Um, I haven't bracketed those as a particular triad of mindfulness views and disenchantment, but just the first thing that comes to mind is as as we're more aware and mindful continuously, what begins, you know, one of the things that we can recognize are the views in our mind that condition how we experience any phenomenon. (laughs) And that often really goes unnoticed. So we don't know, for example, oftentimes if, we hear a sound and there's an idea about that sound that it shouldn't be happening right proceeding our resistance and irritation to the sound is a view about what should and shouldn't be happening when there is right view around experience the contact of that object to the mind doesn't have a base for some for the mind to get reactive so that's uh, you know, we'll see this as our awareness gets more established and there's wisdom in the mind, meaning right view, then something presents itself. Without our doing it or trying at all, there's an equanimity, right? Because the mind is perceiving this as what it is, which is a, a rising phenomenon, not me, not something that the mind needs to get reactive to. Out of that, there can arise this a sense of letting go, this passion. Right there's an ease in relationship to to phenomenon, but if wrong view is in the mind, wrong views meaning that which will lead towards identification or entanglement, we can try all we want to let go of, let's say an argument or something that's irritating the mind. Very, it's going to be impossible because the base of the mind has a misperception around reality, and that's going to lead towards an entanglement or reactivity, And then, of course, there isn't a sense of relinquishment or just allowing something to be. And just something that comes to mind is this sense of being aware. It's so much more kind of subtle and, I think, extraordinary than than it's what the word awareness sounds like. But if we're aware of something, with really right awareness, right mindfulness, our mind is free, but we're also freeing that thing from our own entanglement, our own involvement with something. So when we're then engaging with the world, we're not we're not in any way over involving our mind in something, and we really then can be very present and and connected because there isn't there isn't this grasping or pushing against and this sense of I find a sense of Liberation that happens both internally and also it's a gift right to to those around us, but it's not you know it's not a discarding it's more i'm not I'm not bound anymore, and then we're available you know available for response and we'll kind of follow up kind of questions later about the, this particular uh direction um. Okay, so I have some announcements. Um, Sorry, we don't have more time right now.